So here we are back at Reality Check Chat, where three generations of Democratic women in rural Susquehanna County, Pennsylvania. And we're very excited, and we're just going to wing it tonight because of indictment number three. I'm Barbara Scott. And I'm Judy Herschel. And I'm Liz Kearney. Oh, my gosh. It's good to be back. Before we start, I just want to give us props. I was at an event. It was the Democratic event about two weeks ago. And I'm over getting my barbecue, getting my food. And I'm talking to the person next to me. And and a woman that I don't know, I've heard her name before in certain circles, turns to me and says, are you Judy Herschel? Not are you Judy Herschel because you're the kind of commissioner I see your picture everywhere. She recognized my voice from the podcast. So I want to give a shout out to Bambi. Oh, Um, yeah. She had a lot of great stuff to share. She said that we have been... And like a support group for her when she feels like she's the only one that feels like that we get on and we reiterate what she's feeling and she shares it with her friends that she knows also feel the same way so shout out to bambi and thank you for listening we really appreciate it and keep on sharing encourage anybody that she wants to subscribe to us because we we need to get those subscriptions up but yeah thank you appreciate appreciate every good word that we can get I've been reading a lot about this new indictment, and I think it's interesting that the ex-president Trump has not been indicted on sedition, but rather on fraud uh, against the American people against and trying to disenfranchise the American people and conspiracies to overturn an duly elected President Biden. And from what I've read, the special prosecutor, Jack Smith, has really covered the bases so that Trump's lawyers can't come back with First Amendment uh, claims because he says right in the indictment, there's no First Amendment issue here. The president does have a right to say he has concerns or whatever, and he can take it to court and, and see if he, which he did, and nothing panned out basically. But the issue of First Amendment, which I understand was going to be Trump's top defense, has kind of been undercut by the indictment. That's the impression I got. And you got a little bit of that too. I, I saw some quotes by... Republicans that work for Fox that support the former president. And within those statements was, well, yeah, he admitted he lied, but First Amendment rights. So I started to see that coming. But there's still quite a few people that they are taking the attention off of Trump, pivoting it back to Biden saying, well, Biden does the same thing. So when I ask, okay, give me some examples. What are some examples of what Biden has done? And they can, and they bring up Hunter Biden and they bring up this whistleblower that said that, Biden was part of the phone calls with foreign with foreign individuals and foreign companies, and though they have no proof of that. So what's interesting about what's going on with Trump is the huge amount of lies. So sometime tonight, I want to go through those lies, because what I'm doing, we need to be as prepared as we can be, and we need to educate people. We kind of set out to do this when we decided to do this podcast, but all of us need to be very well versed in But this happened, this happened, this happened. Give the facts because when everything else is going on and they're grasping at straws, the facts are the only thing that you can really hold on to. And and you really can't argue them. There's 21 of them that they listed that they've come out with. And I'm sure there's hundreds more. So at some point- I want to stop you for a second. 21 that who is listed? There's 21 lies that they know for sure are going to be brought up in the trial 
that have been proven. The lies include the first one that that I come across is that the the election was stolen, that the outcome of the 2020 election was stolen, and that there was massive fraud. So we, we know that that's not true. And then it gets a little more specific on what he meant by fraud. The lie about the fake pro-Trump electoral college electors in seven states that they were legitimate. Well, we know that that's not true. We know that the lie that the Justice Department had identified significant concerns that may have affected the outcome. We know that that's not true. He said that during his speech. We know that the lie that Pence that had the power to reject Biden's electoral votes, that's a lie. That's not true. Evidently, Pence, his testimony, his words, his discussions with Trump um, about, I'm not going to do it. I don't have the authority. I don't have the authority. I don't have the authority. Have a lot of weight in this indictment. That's my understanding. Which brings me to the next lie. The next lie he said when he was standing in front of everyone on January 6th was that the vice president and I are in total agreement that the vice president has the power to act. Lie. He said that? He did. And that was a quote. Mm -hmm. That the vice president and I. The vice president and I are in total agreement that the vice president has the power to act. Okay. And many more, which we'll get to. Yeah, that's not true. Um, It's not. And the fact that he and others, his six co-conspirators, conspired to get these false electors, some of whom have been indicted, like, 12 or 16 in Michigan mm-hmm. for lying and for fraud. The fact that they uh, worked together to get these electors, these false electors to disenfranchise. I mean, Trump wanted all of Pennsylvania's votes thrown out. Mm-hmm. I mean, exactly. how do you feel about that? Please. You well, know. Let, let me tell you the quote that he said. So he said right before January 6th, leading up to that, that Pennsylvania, quote, wants to research. That's what he told people. He told people, hey, listen, Pennsylvania is on board with me. They want to recertify. Lie. Lie. We had a Democratic governor at the time. That could not be further from the truth. And he, Wolf appointed the Secretary of State, right? Mm -hmm. And the Secretary of State had certified the election in Biden's favor because... Biden won by 81,000 votes. And I read to some of those electors, the false electors, they were told, oh, we're just going to have this set up just in case your state's electoral votes gets overthrown. You're not really, we're just doing this just in case, wink, wink. Right. So, yeah, so they were told that. Which actually, they're really trying to get the whole slate thrown out. Right, right. So I think some of those people, though, kind of believed that. Didn't they say they weren't going to follow along because they thought they were just, you know, a backup? Thing? Right. I, I read that somewhere, too. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I think there was an inner circle that knew about the lie, a small inner circle, but then you had the groups that believed the lie, and that was in much bigger numbers, hence what happened on January 6th. Yeah. And and then we have people like Josh Hawley. I mean, he should be, you know, with that Sylvester Stallone salute that he, he gave as he went through the, the crowd. He should be, I don't know, a co-conspirator, too, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> but the way he uh, ran to the Capitol, he attacked yeah. him. He's, probably, he's too fast. He's too hard to catch. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember the huge number number of people around here that were believing these lies when they were going on. And, and the biggest one that I remember was with Georgia, with all the dead people. I think he had said that, I don't think that was the one that he gave the number, but it was like thousands of dead people died in Georgia. And by the time they counted it, guess how many there were? Four. <laughs> 
But also, he said in Pennsylvania, (laughs) right? In Pennsylvania, he had a number of voters that he claimed that the number that voted were more than the registered voters in Pennsylvania. Two hundred and five thousand was the number. He said two hundred five thousand more votes than voters. That wasn't true either. Surprise. Yeah. Surprise, surprise. Oh, I thought it was interesting, too. I was reading about the indictment and you know, the six co-conspirators who aren't named, but I saw some news articles. The New York Times pretty much identified them all. Right. And they had an expert, again, in the Times, a, a lawyer type person who explained why Smith probably didn't indict them also, because it would be too messy and complicated and take too long. And I think he's aware of keeping this out of as much as possible out of the schedule for the um, the primary election season. Or do you think those people made a deal? No. People that he's not indicting, I may, I think maybe talking. That was my thought. But I think, Liz, you bring up a very interesting point. That's probably true. Well, I know. Um, well, they, they think Kogan's career number one, I think, is Giuliani. Right. And we know that we know he spoke to the grand jury, right? Correct. Yeah. And um, somebody else thought Mark Meadows may have flipped, which is why he's not in the list. He was Meadows was his um, chief of staff. Of staff, at yeah. one point, at the end there, yeah. Oh, he's he's not one of the co-conspirators. Go ahead. I have the list in front of me from the team. Okay, okay, yeah, let's hear it. Okay, Giuliani Eastman, Sidney Powell is number three. Jeffrey Clark is four. Kenneth Cheesebro is five. Says CNN, and the consultant I think is Barry Epstein. Yes, um, number six. Yeah. So who's Kenneth? What's that? Cheesebro. I think he was another attorney in the mix somewhere. He's in the mix. He's another another attorney, I believe. Okay, that name is not familiar to me. Now the Jeffrey Clark. Oh my God, he's he he was the one that they tried to make attorney general. Right. Yeah. And Kevin McCarthy called the indictment an attempt to distract from news about Republican allegations of corruption involving Hunter Biden, the president's (laughs) son. Oh, oh goodness! He's grasping at straws, Kevin. Yeah, much. It's so obvious that they're trying to impeach him, you know, and putting the cart before the horse. They're looking for anything, and they're not finding any evidence at all, and they won't. How much have they exhausted this already? How many investigations have they had? And and everything they do in the House is completely pointless. It'll go nowhere in the Senate. And I'm like, don't these guys have real work to do? I well, mean, they're just screwing around with all this weird stuff in the house. It's going nowhere. You know? Well, to be <laughs> fair, the impeachment that Nancy Pelosi, the impeachment that uh, under Nancy Pelosi, the first one mm-hmm. of President Trump, where she said he'll be for <laughs> no matter what, he'll be impeached forever. It had no chance in the Senate either because the Senate was in the control True. of the Republican point. So it's a similar kind of thing. But yes, they do have things to do that they're not doing. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. And they're and it's Hunter Biden who they're so anxious to to get for some reason. And it seems to me that Trump's children got away with a lot of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, but he tried to, uh, you know, impeach them or whatever. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, they're grasping at straws, like you said, Barb. They are, and he's an easy target. He suffers from substance use. What else do they have on Biden, really? Right. So it's all they've got, and they're having a hard time getting a story together, right? And figuring out how to link the the two together for sure. So I thought this was interesting. Trump's former Attorney General Bill Barr, who's broken with Trump, as famously as we know, he's 
seen the light. Um, mm -hmm. He said it. on CBS, Republicans could really achieve a decisive victory with the right candidate, but I don't think Trump is that candidate. The day he's elected, he'll be a 78-year-old lame duck who is obviously bent on revenge more than anything else. And that's so true. And the lame duck part comes from the 22nd Amendment that the Republicans and the, you know, the segregationist Democrats got in after FDR. How many terms? He had four terms. And, you know, he, he could have gone if he hadn't died, he probably could have gotten another one. But they didn't want anybody, any other Democrat to get that kind of control. So they put in the 22nd Amendment. And it clearly states that a president can only, I think the wording is the pres, a president can only serve twice. It doesn't say consecutive administrations. So if Trump is, he lost. So if he's elected, that would be it for him. He wouldn't be able to run again. And so he would be a lame duck president, basically, if he was elected. Oh, please don't let that happen. But if he's elected, he could only he could only serve for four years, which is something. And he will use it for re revenge and probably to pardon himself. Mm. And mm. to revoke the 22nd Amendment. <laughs> that would well, be on his agenda that, too, right? <laughs> that's a big process that would take lot longer that's true. than four years. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It would take right. longer than four years. Speaking of length, Liz is absolutely right. I think that the co-conspirators would take up too much time and he can always, since he included them, first of all, you have to have conspirators to have a conspiracy charge. So he had to have some conspirators and he can charge those. He can leave them hanging and charge them way after the 2024 election if he wants, or he can leave them hanging. And so they don't know, they don't have a clue when, when, or if they might be indicted. And so they might decide let me just turn against Trump, tell him what I know, plea, you know, plea bargain a, a deal to, to get me out of this. That's great. That's better punishment than actually having a trial and having, having that hanging over your head. Yeah. <laughs> not know. Yeah. It's darkly, darkly ingenious, isn't it? It is. But they're all huddled in the it. corner in the dark, you know, hiding. <laughs> When's that day coming? I like that a lot. They're huddled too. But I am scared too, because, you know, common sense, he shouldn't be elected, but the dude still has quite a bit of support. And you mentioned Bill Barr. They just asked him three days ago. So are you going to vote for Trump? He's not saying no. Not saying oh yes. Oh my gosh. He's not uh, saying no. Uh, and, and and that's how they think. They think some of them think, okay, yeah, let's move on. Let's move on from Trump. He's he's an asshole. He's a liar. But will you vote for him? I'm not sure yet. Because he could still be better than Biden. I, I don't understand that. The good the good thing is so far, knock on wood, the economy is picking up. And, and that's evidently what a lot of people vote on for some reason. Mm -hmm. So that that's very good news for Biden if it stays that way. Mm -hmm. Barb, I read a horrible thought, a horrible thing. I forget where I, again, I, forget where, I think, where I saw this, but some pundit thought that a, a ticket with a Trump and RFK Jr. would be unbeatable. <laughs> and I'm like, that's horrifying. That, <laughs> that is, is so horrifying. horrifying. Oh, let's I take that back. I don't I don't see how that could be. I don't know. I don't know. We live I in a strange even. world, Barb. Anything's possible at this point. But oh God. Uh, when I read about RFK Jr., I forget that he's a, technically a Democrat, you know, by, by genetics, because he's so goofy and, and it's so weird. I'm like, oh right, he's a Democrat. I forget he's not a Republican. You know? Yeah. 
he's running in the primary. Yeah, so crazy. So, so crazy. Hopefully he doesn't have a chance. I don't worry so much about him. Yeah, that's crazy. And I don't worry about any of of, of Trump's opponents because if any of them do win, Pence, Mm -hmm. the asshole in Florida, I don't think they stand a chance. But I do worry about Trump. I do. Because we live around people that still believe these these lies. And I don't know what it's going to take, guys. We've said that many a time. What's it going to take? All we can do is just keep on reiterating what he did. The truth will hopefully set us free at some point. They just have to get these trials in before the election. Yeah. Or at least this one. Yeah. Well, the other one is scheduled for May, I think, so... Mm-hmm. The, the document papers. Yes. People aren't that are in Trump's corner are, aren't listening to this. They're not reading about what he did. I mean, showing these documents to somebody that's writing a biography of Mark Meadows, the battle plans for Iran. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. Crazy. And reality, what's her name? That got five years in prison for sharing one classified document. You know, a young woman, she got five years in prison for one classified document. Oh, yeah. Reality winner. Is she still in jail? Yeah, I believe so. Good Lord. Yeah. What's going on with the case in Georgia? That's coming up, too. I, I That's believe. coming up. Yeah. So there's another indictment coming. And mm-hmm. she could indict Giuliani. I don't know about the other people, but Giuliani for sure, because mm-hmm. he, he called to try to mm-hmm. coerce them into finding some votes. Oh, he was part of that whole thing. So this is my question to you guys. One, and I hope this is true. Do you think it'll be televised? Because I think it needs to be. And two, do you think Ivanka and her husband have thrown him under the bus? Oh, I do. I do. I think they talked and I think they're going to be witness number one. That's what the big buzz is around is that they're talking and that they're going to be the witnesses that they're going to pull forward first. Mm. That he knew that it was that he lost right on, on night one and that it was all orchestrated. And if you notice, they got the hell out of Dodge right then. So I think they saw the writing on the wall, wanted nothing to do with it. We know they were pulled in. I believe they've been questioned already. It's going to be interesting to see. So can you argue it? If it's on TV, you're watching it. It's all over the news. And his own daughter has admitted it. That's the best case scenario. I'm thinking Mm -hmm. of how we can get through this to have people finally realize, okay, this guy's a dirtbag. The judge is a... I yeah. love the judge. There was a comparison in the New York Times about the judge, Tanya, what's her name? Chuck. I've got, I, I might have it here in front of me. No, she's been really important with the uh, January 6th, the, the felons. She's been throwing the book at people who've been convicted. Anyway. She has a lot of trial. I forget her last name, but she has a lot of trial experience versus Judge Cannon in Florida, who doesn't. And Judge Cannon in Florida, of course, as we as we know, is a conservative person. She famously allowed Trump to have a special master to go over the, in essence, stopping the documents case Jack Smith was going to bring before he brought it. But her that decision was overruled. And so they were able to go ahead with the documents case. But this judge has a liberal leaning and she's a Jamaican American. And Trump, A, has trouble with women and B, has trouble with black women. And so I think we can expect him to be pretty obnoxious about her. Mm-hmm. Chuck is her Chuck, name. What is it? 
Chutkin, C-H-U-T-K-A, Tanya Chutkin. She's a former assistant public defender nominated to the bench by President Obama. She, and she went to uh, University of Pennsylvania Law School. Mm -hmm. So not somebody they just dragged out. Of. <laughs> right. I think judges are not appointed, but it's a random thing. Supposedly yes. it's a random thing. It is. They usually have a, a, a grouping of them, smaller or bigger, and then whatever shows up on the schedule, they do it in order. So it is, it's, it's whatever one is next is the one that they get assigned. And she just happened to be the one that was next. Yeah. But, but then how does it work in Texas where they always take cases to that guy that, that said the, the, the abortion pill that the FDA had approved like 20 years ago was no good. I don't know. I don't know what the system Texas has. They um, always get that, that Texas judge always gets the, the conservatives go to him. So I don't know how, how it works. And how do we know? Maybe Jack Smith said, oh, she's the next rotated judge. Let me let me do it now. I mean, I don't know. It could have been that. Yeah, I don't know either. I don't but, know if, if there's knowledge of that, if there's so few cases that you can predict that, or if yeah. I would imagine cases constantly are being scheduled. So that would yeah. be probably hard, not impossible, but. Right. It's supposed to be hard. So it's fair. Exactly. Yeah the way the judges are not the judges should be their liberal or conservative leanings shouldn't have anything to do with their assessments of the law i mean exactly. the law's the law no matter mm -hmm. what your leanings are yeah here's a, here's a question this will be a will this be a jury trial with yeah, Trump? That's what I, was I mean i think it would be difficult i mean i know it's in dc where the dc was like 90 percent democratic right right just theoretically would say you were one of us was drawn for that jury could you be impartial? No, no. <laughs> right. I would not I know. be good for that jury. Are there <laughs> impartial people out there? Yes, there are. Yeah, yeah. Yes, there are. I think it's going to be very I... difficult finding them. <laughs> yeah. Um, you, have pull, you have to pull like 300 people to get to the jury of 12 you know? yeah. <laughs> or more. Or more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I was wondering if I could, I think I could do it. I think I could like say, I don't know, maybe not. <laughs> I don't know. It's, looking at the at the, pre, at the you know at the evidence presented, I think it's I think they can make a very compelling case, and I could think I could be impartial. You know, I don't think you could. <laughs> I know you haven't already <laughs> convicted him a hundred times over. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I thought. I mean, you, oh, send, no. you send me these balloons and shit on. on yeah, press. I know. As soon as the, the diamonds yeah. come out, I, I don't think you could be impartial. No, but I mean, I think I can look at the evidence, and I would, I would take that, I would take that jury duty very seriously. So I think I would try to be, you know, impartial. I would think I would take it very seriously and look at the. Nah, I couldn't do it. <laughs> you, know, you know why you couldn't do it? You normally could, but right. during right. that whole thing, the three of us were watching this like mm -hmm. under a microscope. We knew January sixth was coming. We knew that was happening. We were fearful of what was going to happen. True. We we, mm -hmm. we expected the worst. And we watched very closely how Giuliani acted. We watched very closely what Trump said. We knew very well that what he was doing was a lie. We were frustrated. We were mad. We were upset. How was he getting away with us? We were watching so closely. So everything they're presenting, we we know. There's a lot of people out there that weren't paying attention, that don't know, or were kind of partially paying attention. Mm -hmm. You know, so we... I think mm -hmm. that because we we almost witnessed it firsthand because we were so playing so close attention to it. That's how we can't be impartial. We and did he, convicted yeah. him because we convicted him because we watched it happen. It's like watching yeah. a murder happen. We saw it. With it yeah. I, yeah, you're guilty. I don't need the trial. Guilty. Mm -hmm. You know, 
because we, can't. we watched it way too closely. She didn't mm-hmm. mean that. She didn't mean that. Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> Well, plus, you know, he wouldn't go on TV and call and call off the um, the sedition. He wouldn't call off the traitors. He went on grudgingly, grudgingly, and, and got them to stop. And then he then he lied about it after the fact that oh, I didn't do that. It wasn't my fault. Yeah, it was totally his 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 words, his actions, his fault. People died know, that day. You know, the, the indictment doesn't say that he, and I think for obvious reasons, that he told his followers at that rally to mm-hmm. go. To the Capitol, that he had planned that January 6th mm-hmm. thing. The indictment mm-hmm. doesn't accuse him of that. That's not the mm-hmm. conspiracy. So I think right. that's good because that would be very hard to to prove that his words, yes, because there there is a free speech thing there that right. what he said at the rally. So these other charges make a lot more sense. And they're are much cleaner. more provable. And are cleaner. You're right. Cleaner. They're cleaner and quicker. Yeah. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Has he said anything? I don't think he has. I've not heard anything. I was I was looking around for it. Yeah. Of course, I, I don't follow Truth Social. He made some comments, I think, about the Smith guy, about Jack Smith, or that might have been his supporters he's, because they he think says now. He's- he said he's deranged, but yes, I think that was, be, was that was before the indictment. I think that was that. Oh, you know what he, he he's the other day he compared this the witch hunt this quote unquote witch hunt he's endured. He compared it to Nazi Germany. He had the gall to compare his situation to genocide. Um, FFS. I don't want to say the F word. And then the, the blowback for that was pretty bad. People were appalled that he would make that comparison, the genocidal Nazis, to a, a fair and truthful indictment by a, a really sharp guy. I'm going to have a major political crush on forever now, Jack Smith. <laughs> Listen, since you brought it up, I had a million things that I had thought we might talk about tonight before the indictment. But one thing that I've been thinking about a lot is, since you brought up the, the Holocaust, Bowers, the murderer of the 11 Jewish people that were in the synagogue in Pittsburgh a few years ago that he murdered, and I guess he wounded a ton of people too. They just gave him the death penalty today that uh, Merrick Garland went after the death penalty in his case, and they decided that he deserved the death penalty, the jury. The jury was out for about 10 hours, a little less than 10 hours, and they decided that he deserved the death penalty. And of course, I am anti-death penalty. And this case, I thought, do we have to show that we can't have this kind of hate crime? Dylan Roof is also the one that killed the nine black churchgoers who were in a prayer service. He has also received the, the federal death penalty. Not that President Biden's Justice Department is putting anybody to death at this point, but they are evidently going after death penalty cases. They are trying to get the death penalty for certain cases. Dylan Roof, the kid, I don't know how, he's probably not a kid anymore, the the bombing in Boston uh, during the Boston Marathon and Mm -hmm. um, Charnarov. And now today, Bowers, the the guy that that killed all the Jews. What are your thoughts on this? I mean, I'm I always say I'm anti death penalty, but would I be anti death penalty if my whole family was wiped out by one of these these crazy hate people because of you know my religion or my race or whatever? I mean, I don't know. It's a really it really I struggle. I struggle. And today when I heard this verdict come down, I was like, you know, I know it's a tough one. I find that older that I get, I'm not 
is I'm not that I'm pro death penalty. I think I don't think anybody that agrees when there's times that the death penalty is given that no one's like hip hip hooray and no one's like okay just kill them all. I, I would like to think that. But the example you just gave I think was important, Barb. Where if everybody killed your family or or it personally affected you, would you feel different? And and I think that's where I would I would be. Or or is a crime so severe and so hateful and so intense? that that that's justifiable i'm tossed with that one too you know is it really a deterrent it is you know, not a deterrent no i don't not. question that it's it not. is not it's been proven not to be a deterrent no. yeah exactly it's just, it's right just a revenge it. thing it's a it's it, a, it, it is a it punishment is. thing there were a number if not all of the relatives of the black families that were murdered they did not want the death penalty because it was against their religion and i certainly admire that i think of that against the death penalty but i just had this little tiny thing in my head today that yeah liz you're not i'm i'm, I'm against the death penalty i don't believe the state should have the power to kill anybody right i, I don't think revenge is justice and I don't believe this brings closure to anybody. Right. But on the other hand, I am glad that Ted Bundy is gone. Yeah. Having said all that, I'm really glad that Ted Bundy is no longer part of our world. But I would be surprised if the members of that synagogue were in favor of the death penalty for this. And also, some the of fact them were, that someone would do—I mean, the, the fact that someone would do this to me tells me they're mentally ill. And I can't n not get my mind around killing the mentally ill. I can't condone that at all. Well, the defense said that that was the case, but mm -hmm. the jury did not buy the evidence that he was mentally ill. Mm -hmm. He hated, he hated Jewish people. He had posted a lot. And there are a lot of people that uh, also hate Jewish people that were on the posts with him on the, wherever he mm -hmm. communicated this hate, but they mm -hmm. didn't go and kill people because mm -hmm. he did have the freedom to hate. He did have yeah. the it's America. But um, I just worry too that too often the death penalty, what if they make a mistake? I mean, people with a flawed system, and of course they have, and they, and they disproportionately kill people of color, oftentimes, and more often than we ever want to, want to think about innocent people of color. And I can't handle that. No. No, but, I understand. yeah, but I just can't. I just can't get my mind around the death penalty. I just, I can't. Uh -uh. And there have been so many people that were on death row for dozens and tens of years. Yeah, yeah, that have been exonerated. Right, right. That's why I know that people mm -hmm. that should have been exonerated were killed because there's just too many that have been exonerated because prosecutors just some of them are just not on the up and up. They just go after. But maybe in these extreme case, I mean, there doesn't have to be a minimum number of deaths to qualify you for the death penalty, of course. I mean, where there's a clear man, where there's no question of guilt, maybe it does almost reflect in our society that we have enough compassion to actually for the, for the victims to exact revenge on these people. Am and that's a, weird, a that's a weird way to put that. Yeah. yeah. Am I? I get, a I get what you're saying. I get what you're yeah. saying. But he pled guilty. He, yeah. Okay. He, right. Okay. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. I think that there are people that are truly, truly evil, though. I think there are people that are mentally ill that do very bad things. Mm -hmm. I personally have a very hard time sympathizing with those people, the Ted Bundy's of the world that are truly evil. But I think if we're looking at punishment and not revenge, Mm -hmm. to me, a worse because I've worked with people in prison. I've worked with individuals that were sentenced to life in prison. I, I worked as a counselor in a prison setting, helping people that were sentenced to life in prison adjust to that how are they going to you know how mm-hmm. are they going to get by my, through my experience that's a worse punishment than death for them you figure you have a young 20 30 40 year old person to have to sit often in solitary confinement or in a very enclosed type of area in your mind for the rest of your life that if we're talking punishment for somebody that did that, that to me, that's what you're going to get is you're going to have to think about what you did. But then again, you're evil. You have no conscience, really. You know, but that's tough. But personally, I have a very difficult time for those that are truly evil, that do horrible things to children, horrible, horrible things to Mm -hmm. groups of people. I have Mm -hmm. a hard time with that. I do. Yeah, it's a uh, it's hard. It's hard. This is a this is a this is a question that's a difficult one. Well, I know? agree. I agree with Liz though that the state should not be putting people to death because there is absolutely no way to ensure that mistakes are not made. There's just no way. Mm-hmm. Um, that's number one reason, and the other one is that it's no one should have that power, including the state. Exactly. No one should have that power. There was a time when it was when they got rid of it and then it came back. Oh, I was so upset. Mm-hmm. We're about the only democracy. Are we the only we may be the only democracy that has the death penalty? I I believe we are. Yeah. Yeah. Look at the list of nations that allow it. It's it's a it's a rogues gallery. It's us and like Saudi Arabia and yeah, some right. awful little awful places with dictators <laughs> and us. Right. Right. And us, right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's a little bit of hypocrisy in that too. Okay, you killed somebody, so we're going to kill you. I can see that side. That's hard. I just keep thinking of the family thing. Like I try to put myself in the, their shoes. If somebody ever did something to my my boys or my, I, I might think differently. They don't always think that way, families. Yeah, they don't. But like in this case, no. it was it was half and half or something. Mm-hmm. It was like some, some yeah. families did and some families didn't. I covered a trial for my newspaper job real briefly as car full of, a truck full of teenagers. They, they, they roll the truck uh, one of the girls dies and her parents watch the kids tr- uh, trial and i said you know you're not i'm thinking to myself you're not going to get closure for you from this this isn't going to help and they told me that without even even any prompting they said you know we know there's no closure she we're not getting her back we just don't want this kid driving again so like, again like, there's no closure i mean there's no it's not really possible in a situation like that so people think that the, the revenge is going to feel good but it generally doesn't right it is hard. I mean, everybody's, I can't imagine either, but yeah. if I was in a situation, maybe I would want revenge. You know? Yeah. Like Judy said, the life in imprisonment sounds like good punishment too. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That sounds like the worst kind of punishment. It sure does. It's without like the, without the possibility of parole. Yeah. Could you imagine? Is what it would be, which was the mm-hmm. alternative. Of course, he's not going to be put to death. I mean, anytime soon, that's for sure. And maybe right. never 30 right. years before if they even do anything. Mm-hmm. You know? It should take a, it should take a long time. I don't know if this happened rationally. <laughs> right. It should take a long time. And I didn't yeah. realize it, or maybe I did, but I forgot that there in, in death penalty cases, there's an automatic right, right to appeal. Yeah. And then after that, there are other appeals that are allowed. But there are also, you know, you read tons of new evidence comes forward and the prosecutors don't want to 
allow it to be introduced mm -hmm. anyway but that's not the case here he he admitted it and i mean he pled guilty and did he give uh, a statement during that trial i saw I the, the, know. the headline in the news but i haven't read that i don't know if i don't know if he did or not usually if they plead guilty there's a little remorse or a little reflection or oh shit you know yeah maybe yeah but um nobody would believe him because of all these postings that he put beforehand i don't think does anybody oh. have a an upbeat finish i'm going to see willie nelson on friday oh okay. that's exciting okay he's still alive he is he has a festival it's called the outlaw festival and um we're taken to the bo the boys to their first official festival we're nice. i burned them of all the pot smoke they're probably gonna see they're teenagers so like you're probably gonna see it. Where is it? Hershey. Oh. Yeah, there's there's always shenanigans at those types of places, but I'm hoping it's it's a it's a crowd of peace and love. You know, hopefully. Usually Willie doesn't bring along a whole lot of drama and you know, okay. peppers. Somebody today saw him, I think in Bethel Woods and said yep. it was an amazing show. Yeah, that was amazing. last night, I think. It looked like yeah. it was awesome. Yeah. We're excited. It goes until three o'clock in the morning. So Woo. <laughs> yeah three to three what were we thinking yeah we're not lasting that long <laughs> and then you're gonna drive um, home then i gotta drive home and then i gotta go to erie for work the following day so a lot of crazy i know crazy. that's my life mm -hmm. hopefully it'll start st um, slowing down a little bit goodness but all right so well that's good that's a good note because i thought i had some good news on my but i can't find it Oh, I heard some good news. I heard some good news that um some seven or eight million teenagers turn 18 in time to vote in 2024. And they think the young people voting, it seems to be ratcheting up a little bit. And they're voting, they're voting like for Democrats. I think they had a big hand like the election in Wisconsin. You know, they, they turned out a very, very conservative judge. So they're, they're kind of hopeful that young people are going to show and vote. And if they did, we could change the world tomorrow. We just need to all be like Michigan. I I mean, they, they are amazing. They flipped. So they have the full Michigan House and Senate and both senators and, and a governor. And I, we, we've got to find out what they are drinking. <laughs> right. what they're doing. Yeah, you're right. Mm -hmm. So that's oh. good. That's good. I, I like to end on that, um, Liz. That's perfect. All right. If you're 18 and you're listening to this, which is doubtful. <laughs> Um, if you, you know, know someone who's 18, if you know if you've ever heard of anybody that's 18, <laughs> we could, if you, know, if you know someone who knows someone who knows someone who's 18, <laughs> actually, I do know someone who's 18. Yeah. And I'm sure she's voting as a Democrat. I absolutely know that. All right. Great seeing you guys. And we still have the graham crackers and the chocolate. And the, we had a s'mores event the other night and heard the coyotes and everything. It was so neat. It was very That's neat. Awesome. All right. All right. Best part of summer. Have a great night, guys. You too. Thanks for listening, everybody. Yep. Yeah.